Thank you, Lord. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church, give him some praise this morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today, amen. Come on, do you love him? Has he been good to you this week? Amen. It's so good to be here. You know, the, the, the first Welcome I to think Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly it, podcast it from the Sunday services like at Grace Community world, Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, people, and following you know, Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. Um, but I can tell you this, that I don't, like, like, I know what the world has for me. And it could not fill me, you know, trying everything possible, you know, to fill me up, you know, to, to add value to my life. But I'm telling you what, then I met Jesus. Amen. I just love him so much this morning. And I love you. I'm so glad that you are here. Come on, let's give him one more hand clap this morning. I want to welcome our online church. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for being here. This is so much different than preaching to an empty auditorium. It is so nice. I told our staff this last week, if there's even six people that show up in the service, it's going to be, you know, we're going to double this thing. And, um, and anyway, it's good to be here. Uh, somebody close or far, far away, give them a long high five or an air bump. You know, don't touch anyone, but just, you know, do your, do your thing. Give them an elbow bump or something. You may be seated. It is good to be in the house of the Lord today. Um, before I get started into the message today, um, what I want to do is I want to thank our church for being the church during a difficult time. I mean, there have been so many things that, that people have just rose to the occasion to do. So many people that have been serving in different capacities. For instance, just yesterday there were some, some people that got together. There's a gentleman that's moving from Twin Falls um, to, uh, to, to the Burley area, the Burley-Rupert area, Minicash area. And, and um, we had people in our church that, that said, you know what, we can, we can help. And so there were five or six people that showed up, and, and I just got good reports from the people that served, and then also from, his name's Don, um, he called and just said, thank you so much, and thank your people so much. And then, and then um, the other day, you know, I, I, I look across, I can see the church from my yard, and I look across, and there's a family that's here around the church, and they're just picking weeds and making the place look real nice, and, and I want to just say a big shout out to Sarah Sears and her kids, she brought her kids down here, and, but anyway, people are doing this all over, people are making phone calls, come on, you're, you're, you're dropping off dinners, you know, we just had a tragic event happen just this last week where the Edwards family, we need to stand in the gap for them, for Tristan and, and, and uh, his family and, and, um, and just come alongside and just be a support. But I just absolutely love, I just love that our church is being the church. And so I want to say thank you so much for, for just being the church. That's what we're called to be. Amen? Amen. I honestly think that there's been a lot more service during this strange time that we're in than than when things were normal. And so when we go back to normal, I hope we don't go all the way back to normal. I hope we keep, you know, some of the things that, that we've learned. And so we are in the middle of a series called The God of Miracles. Somebody say miracles. miracles. 
Say it again. Miracles. Miracles. It's so nice to hear somebody talk back to me. Um, I've been, uh, you know, I, my wife, she's just like, miracles, you know. <laughs> it's just me and her, you know. Um, and it, it's nice to, to hear the, the response. But this is what I can tell you whenever it comes to a miracle or a need. Every time that there's a desperate need, every, every time that there is something that somebody is facing that's bigger than themselves, every single time there is a heart cry, and this cry comes from the depth of the person that says, Jesus, I need a miracle. Yeah. That's what I've chosen to title my message today is God, I need a miracle. God, simply, I need for you to do something for me that I cannot do for myself. Our theme scripture is found in the book of Psalms chapter 77. Psalms chapter 77 and verse 13 says this. It says, your ways, God, are holy. What God, the question is, is what God is as great as our God? And, and, and this is where we all answer, there is no God that is as great as our God. There is no God. He is the only God, honestly, but we, we create gods. You know, we treat people as if they are gods or we... We, um, you know, we worship things as if they are gods, but they're not gods. And, and this is what the Bible said. You are the God that performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. So my prayer is this, that today, whether you're watching online or you're with us here in person, my, my prayer is today that you would feel the power of God's presence the power of God's ability to move on your behalf. Whether it is that you're, you know, if you're stressed out about, you know, the virus, COVID-19, I want you to know that God is the answer for that. Amen. He can, he can come and he can do a work that nobody else can do in your life. If you've lost your job and you're wondering, how am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to continue as, as the man or the woman of the house to, to put food on the table? I'm telling you what, that God is powerful and He is able to meet you and open doors that, that, uh, that, that you never thought could be open. If you're dealing with loss, you've lost a loved one. You know, my heart breaks, you know, for people that are losing, you know, loved ones. And, and even in the nursing homes, how wild is it that family oftentimes is, is not even able, come on, to spend uh, the proper amount of time with family as they're transitioning from this life to the next. It's a wild, and so our prayers, you know, need to go out to those that are experiencing loss. And, and my prayer is, is that this, that at the end of the service today, that you would experience the power of God and the presence of God in this place, and that you would know no matter what it is that you face, no matter what you're going through, that Jesus will show himself to be faithful. Amen? So, um, a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you the definition of a miracle, and I want to give that to you again. A miracle is this, an extraordinary event manifesting as divine intervention in human affairs. So it's an extraordinary event manifesting as divine intervention in human affairs. Listen, I'm telling you that we're not living in ordinary times. Uh, even people that don't you know, maybe even believe in God, you know, don't read their Bibles, you know, maybe they were just kind of taught some things when they were growing up. I can't even tell you how many phone calls I have fielded from people that don't belong to any kind of a faith where they're just asking, Pastor, do you think that this is the end times? 
Do you think that, you know, do you think that, that, that this is prophecy being, you know, being fulfilled? And I'm not going to spend time with the conversation, but I'm just saying this, that we're not living in ordinary times, and so we need extraordinary measures. Like, this is what I love so much about the Lord is, is he, ra- he, he raises up to the occasion as to what it is that we need from Him. He is without limits. Come on, He is without boundaries. Come on, His arm is not too short to reach the needs that we have. Come on, He is more than enough. Turn to your neighbor and say, He's more than enough. Turn to your other one and say, He's more than capable. He is more than capable. All right, so, so I'm going to share with you a favorite story of mine in the Bible, one of many, but this is about another blind man, not the blind man that we just saw on the video screen here, but this is about another blind man. This story is found in the book of Luke, chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, if you want to turn your Bibles to Luke 18, verse 35, and we're going to read all the way through 43. Now, this same story is also found in the book of Matthew, and it's also found in the book of Mark. So these are three different accounts. For those of you that don't know, um, oftentimes the different gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes they'll speak of the same incident, the same story, but they will share from a different, a different perspective. And so the same story is found in the book of Matthew and Mark as well. But we're going to take a look at Luke chapter 18. This is what the Bible says. As Jesus and his followers arrived at Jericho. Now listen, I want you to know that Jericho is a significant city. Not only is it significant because it's large in size, but it's also significant um, throughout the Bible. Jericho is where they first came to whenever they entered into the promised land and God gave them this massive fortified city. And so Jericho is key in a lot of different reasons. So, so here we are at the end of Jesus' ministry. He and his followers, they arrive at Jericho and there was a blind beggar sitting on the roadside. Now in the book of Luke, it does not say what the man's name was. But if you look at, the, at Mark's account, you will find that this man had a name, and his name was Bartimaeus. Everybody say that, Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus. Now, people just didn't call him Bartimaeus. They called him blind Bartimaeus. Like, he was known because of his shortcoming. How would you like, you know what I mean, you made a mistake as a child, and, and, and you stole the candy bar you know, from the 7-Eleven or the Circle K. How many of you remember 7-Eleven and Circle Ks? I'm speaking to myself. When I was a kid, I'm not proud of this, but I took something that wasn't mine. I got as far as my house, and my mom said, where'd you get that? I said, the store. She said, how'd you pay for it? And I just was quiet. She said, you're going to march that right back across the field. I was real close to the place. You're going to march that right back across the field, and you're going to hand it to the manager, and you're going to say, I stole this. And so, so this, this happened when I was about eight. I loved candy bars then. I still love them today. I just pay for them now. <laughs> I marched all the way back across that field, and I told that manager that I took this without paying for it, and I, I cleaned the whole parking lot, gum and cigarette butts and everything, for a whole week for that 20-cent candy bar that I, that I, that I had taken. So what if today, what if today people still called me Thief Travis. You know, uh, uh, you can't, you, you, you know, this guy was known by his shortcomings. He was known not just by Bartimaeus, but he was known by, by blind Bartimaeus. And so Jesus and his followers, they arrive at Jericho. There was a blind beggar. His name was Bartimaeus. We know that from Mark. 
sitting on the roadside. When he heard, when Bartimaeus heard the crowd approaching, you see, this man could not see. He had limitations, but he could hear. You know, when you can't see, I'm just assuming, I'm guessing that you're paying attention as to what's going on around you with, with different abilities that you have. So he could not see, but he, he could hear, and he heard something manifesting. So when he heard the crowd approaching, you see, every single day this guy would sit at the roadside and he would beg. Probably led every single day by the same person out to the same corner to sit in the same spot and to ask different people you know, for money as they, as, they, as they passed by. He begged every single day. But this day was different. This day was different simply because there was more commotion. He didn't even have to pay much attention, but there, were, there, were, there was more excitement in the atmosphere. You know, people were, were not, they weren't whispering. They were shouting. They were, you know, they were talking loudly. They were, they were stirring up. And blind Bartimaeus asked this guy, or asked the crowd, he said, what's all the commotion about? I mean, wouldn't you do that? You can't see, but you hear something's happening. You're like, hey, hey, somebody, what's going on? What's, what's all the commotion about? It's Jesus, they said. Jesus, the Nazarene, is passing by. And the blind beggar's response was that he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have pity and show mercy on me. Those were out in front of, of the blind man. Those were, that were out in front of the crowd scolded him and they warned him to be quiet. But the blind beggar screamed even louder. Today I'm telling you this, that there are some people that you may know, maybe you're one of them yourself, but you have an issue with volume control. Like you don't know how to control your, your volume. And I'm thinking, I, I taught the cooks, the whole cook family. Listen, if you've never been invited over to the, the cook's house for a Sunday dinner, go. Even if, if you've got to bring the food, go because you will, you will witness something that you've never witnessed before. Like, like the elevation of the volume just continues to increase and it, it, becomes, a, it becomes a battle almost. As to who can outdo, you know, one another. I joked in first service that it's people like the cooks that walk into the middle of a funeral, not realizing, not realizing that, that we need to control our volume or a wedding or, you know what I mean? I, I shared that, you know, Jason, he's, he's usually running the sound back there. And his whisper, he thinks he's whispering to other people back there. But in the middle of the service, his whisper carries farther than your regular voice carries. Amen. And so you've got the cooks on one side, volume control problems. And then you've got people like Pastor Javi on the other side, which I, he has been, he's told me several stories where, where I am concentrating and I'm leaning in. Next thing you know, I'm almost sitting on Javi's lap. You know what I mean? With my good ear pointed towards him because he is so soft-spoken. So, I, I have been more intimate in conversation with Javi than I have my own wife. <laughs> Simply because I had to be so close to him. So these people have volume issues. And so Jesus, you know, is coming and all of a sudden this blind man 
is shouting and everybody's trying to keep him quiet, but he's shouting. He's saying, Jesus, son of David, show mercy on me. Suddenly Jesus stopped. You know what that means? That means that he stopped. He stood still. He was moving. He was in transit. He was moving. And then he came to a place where he was not moving any further. He told those nearby, he said, bring the man over to me. Jesus said, listen, I hear that guy. Bring him to me. Bring the man over to me. When they brought him, he asked the man one of the most incredible questions that a Savior, one that is able to meet a need, could ask. He said, what is it that you want me to do for you? Come on, this is the most exciting phrase that Jesus could respond to anybody that has a need. This was the phrase, what do you want me to do for you? I'm telling you what, that Jesus is asking the same question to us today. You know, we've got all these issues and all of these needs and all of this confusion and and we're doing our best in our own ability, but sometimes we have such a difficult time speaking to Jesus what it is that we need. In fact, I'll even go a step further. Some of you have great faith to speak on behalf of somebody else's need, but you don't have it to speak on behalf of your own. And I'm just telling you this, this blind man would have remained blind the rest of his days lest he spoke up and got Jesus' attention and then responded to Jesus' question, which was simply, what do you need? You've been working so hard to get my attention. Now, what do you need? What do you need? What do you want me to do is what Jesus said. And, and, And this guy had an answer. Like he didn't have to, he didn't have to think about what his answer was. This was his answer. Lord, he said, please, I want to see again. You know, most people that are in the Bible, just like the video that we just saw, most people in the Bible that were healed, Jesus loved healing blind people. I I think that is so cool. Like, Like he really loved to heal. Like that was probably one of his favorite, you know, favorite things to do. But most of the people that he healed in the Bible, A, they didn't have a name. It wasn't wasn't shared what their name was. And B, most of the time, they were blind from birth. But this guy said, I want to see again. And so I'm just going to take just a moment because I feel something stirring up in me right now. That see, some of you guys have lost something. You knew how good it was, but then you lost it. And and you desire it back, but you haven't even gone to the Lord to ask for it to return. What you'll do is you'll share with everybody else, you know, what how great those days were and how much you missed those days. And so you're talking, but you're just not talking to the people or the person that can do something about it. You've lost it. And I'm telling you this, that Jesus is the one that can give it back to you. And I hope that that stirs something up in you today. This guy had his sight at one time. Whatever happened, I don't know. But he lost it. And now he's desperate and he's crying out and he's saying, listen, I want to see again. It's powerful. So good. I want to see again. Jesus loved healing the blind. And so Jesus' response was this. Now you will see. He, He made his request. He put his request before the Lord. Jesus said, now you will see, uh, you will see, receive your sight this very moment for your faith in me has given you sight and new life. You see, that day his life changed. Not only did he get what he was desiring, but he got a gift that was a billion times bigger than being able to see again. 
he got the gift of salvation. He got the gift of eternal life. See, he was seeking this, but he got this. And a lot of times, we're, we might be seeking this, but we don't even bring it to the one that can give it to us. And he's saying, listen, if you'll just ask for this, if you'll just exercise some faith, I'm going to give you that. But I'm also going to give you this whole big picture, this whole big piece. You want one piece of pizza? I got the whole family style pizza for you. And you're going to have a good night tonight. And he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna just start serving you. And next thing you know is you're going to be receiving things that you weren't even asking for. Instantly, he could see again. His eyes popped open, and he saw Jesus. He shouted again. This is the third time that he shouted. The first time he shouted, Jesus ignored him. Second time he shouted, Jesus stopped and said, bring that guy to me. He healed him, and the third shout was a shout that was a loud praise to God and he followed Jesus. So he praised the Lord because of the gift, but he also followed him. Can I just pause right there for a second? The only reason Jesus wants to do, other than he loving, him loving you, the reason why Jesus does things in you and through you is so that you can follow him. Amen. You see, what I see as a pastor all the time, people get to this point of desperation, and they want God to fix it. But as soon as God fixes it, they go back to living a self-serving lifestyle. And they forget about what it is that God has done. And, and maybe even the, you know, God will allow this thing to happen time and time and time again. But I'm telling you, the only reason outside of his love for you that he does these incredible things is so that you can follow him, not forget about him. You know, I'm, I'm thinking right now just of the ten lepers Ten of them had leprosy. One came back to even give thanks. The other nine, they just were like, okay, I got what I needed, and it's almost like they forgot about it. People today are looking for God to serve their needs, but they don't want to surrender their life. And the reason why God does things in you and through you to other people is so that you can follow him, Amen. so that you can not only praise him, but all my days I'm going to follow you. That's what God wants. This is why it's scary that many people are thinking they're on the way to heaven, but they're not because there's no relationship between the two. They've kind of used, well, they've kind of used Jesus as, a, as ibuprofen. You know what I mean? Fix my pain, heal my, heal my but, but there's zero, you know, relationship there between him. And when the crowd saw what happened they too erupted with shouts of praise to God. So not only did this guy sing praises to God and begin to follow Jesus, but the crowd that was paying attention also began to praise the Lord. So I'm going to give you six things real quick. Number one, you're going to write all these down. You're going to want to write these down. Number one, there was a problem. And this problem was a blind man's problem. Come on, this blind man was in the dark. This guy was limited. Somebody say limited. This guy didn't have the abilities that everybody else around him seemingly had. Come on. He was reduced to not knowing most things. It's similar to today. There's a lot of people today that have no vision for God in their life. You know, in fact, it's, 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 it's almost, um, I, I, don't, I don't know because I've only lived during this time, but it seemed like people would go to you know, God himself to figure out, God, what do you want me to do? You know, I remember when I was a kid, people were afraid to ask that question because 
because they might be sent to Africa and, and go on a mission trip and never be able to, you know, return home. But the idea is people weren't asking because they knew God would speak. But now, people aren't even asking. People will ask everybody around them, but they won't go to him himself. Which he's the one that says, listen, I've given you my spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that I'm giving to you. Quit talking to these other people that are going to be guesstimators and go to the one that is going to be, that's, he's going he's to know. He's the one that's created you for such a time as this. I'm not saying that people can't help you, but my goodness, let's, let's not bypass, come on, the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the relationship that he has presented us to have with him. Wow. So this guy's got a blind man's problem. He's unaware. And um, not only was he blind, he was a beggar. His, this is probably the main occupation of the blind. They would sit on a corner and they would, they would say, you know, money for the blind or money for the poor or alms for the poor. And, um, and so, so this guy had this major problem. He was blind and he was a beggar. And so what do you do with the blind man's problem? You speak a blind man's prayer. And I'm just saying this, that if you are blind whenever it comes to a direction for your life, you need to speak a blind man's prayer. And, and this guy he began to pray, and he called out to Jesus. And guess what? When he called out to Jesus, it was effective. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Like, it was effective. Like, he didn't stop until he got the results that he was looking for. It wasn't a one-and-done prayer. Come on, he called out. He was effective. And this is the deal is, is that everybody around him is kind of you know, like, keep it down, keep it down. And, and what I see today is there's a lot of people that are more concerned about what people are going to think of them than, 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 than looking like a fool. Like, like this guy didn't care how he looked in people's eyes. He knew that his answer was in close proximity. Like it was close, come on, to his answer. He didn't care how he looked to people. But we are so concerned today with how we're going to look, or is this person going to accept me, or I, man, this person's super opinionated, and what if they don't agree with, listen, I don't care. At the end of the day, come on, you want to be pleasing to the Lord. I'm not saying you don't care what people think, but if it's a matter of being pleasing to God and, 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 and looking sharp in front of people, come on, let's be pleasing to God. Amen. So here he is. He could not see but he could hear. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I pray people all over the world today are hearing a new sound. Listen now, a new sound, not a new sound that we've never heard before, but a new sound to your ears. And that sound is the voice of God. I think for many people, they've gone through such a dry spell a long time. Matter of fact, I would say many people would say, man, when I was a child, I heard, it just seemed like God was talking to me all the time. But man, I haven't heard from God. I haven't, I haven't. And so I'm praying that all over the world today, that there would be a new sound that is, that is going out. And that sound would be the voice of the Lord. I believe this, church, that the closer he gets to returning, the louder his voice is going to get. 
Like, you know what I'm talking about? I don't think the trumpets are, are, are you know, trumpets are very loud, boisterous, get your attention type deal. And I'm just telling you, the closer that we get to his return, I believe that the louder his voice is going to be. My question is this, will you pay attention and listen? Our prayer should be our first priority, not our last resort. So this blind man's prayer opened the door. It didn't open the first time. He prayed, no response. He shouted out, no response. So what did he do? He shouted out again. So listen, in facing your situation, you may not hear what you're looking for initially. Does that mean we just fold our arms and say, well, man, I just I prayed. Sometimes I, I, I talk to people going through troubled, difficult situations, and, and I'm like, so what have you done? Oh, man, we prayed. We prayed as if it's like, yeah, we tried that. It didn't work, and so we're just trying to figure out something else to do. No, what do you do, man? You don't fold. You don't quit. You don't walk away. You, you pray some more. You, you do whatever it takes because prayer is the most powerful thing, come on, that you have in your arsenal. Amen. Right. The ability to take your needs before the Lord. So number three, the blind man had a praise. He could not see, but he could pray. He could not see, but he could lift his hands and, and begin to praise the Lord. See, something's happening. He's hearing something different. Something's happening. There's commotion. And, and he's blind. He can't see. All he can do is hear. And so he's grabbing at people. He finally gets a hold of somebody. He said, what's going on here? What's all the commotion about? He said, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He said, who? He said, Jesus, you know, Jesus, the miracle maker, the guy that we've been hearing about, he's been doing this crazy stuff for three years now. And, and he said, did you say Jesus? And he said, yes. And immediately when he said Jesus, the blind man's mouth opened. See, he couldn't hear or he couldn't see, but he could hear and he could speak. And you know what he said? Jesus! Jesus! He's screaming at the top of his lungs only for everybody else to shoosh him, to keep him quiet. And I'm just telling you this, when you're in a desperate situation, you cannot shoosh the shout. It doesn't matter with what it is that you, you know, people are saying around you. They're like, come on, man, shh. But he shouted. He praised him. He shouted all the more. Because nobody in that crowd had to be led out day after day after day after day to the same place and led back at night. Led out the next day. Here's your cup. Led back. Can't see. Absolute limitations. Nobody else is doing that. And so when they're shushing the shout, he's like, I don't care what your how this makes you feel. I, I, need to get, I need to get Jesus' attention. And I just, I just feel like this, that so many of you, you've gone through situations where even your own family is telling you, come on, why don't you just buck up a little bit? Why don't you just do this? Or, or they're, they're, they're shooshing you, but they're not shooshing you in the right direction. They're shooshing you, but they've never been in your shoes. They don't know what it is that you're dealing with. They don't know what it's like to lose a child. They don't know what it's like to, to have mental illness. 
They don't know what it's like to be the sole provider of your family, but yet not have a job, and you're wondering how you're going to keep food on your table. They don't know the bills that are packing, you know, stacking up and, and, the, and the notices of foreclosure on your house and you're wondering, man, we've lived in this house for 20 years and now it's time. They don't know. But yet they're saying, listen, would you just calm down and just be quiet just a little bit? You're, you're being a little bit disruptive. I'm telling you this, that, that some of you have lost your ability to shout because of the crowds that are around you, and you've got to do whatever it takes to get Jesus' attention. Not, not the counselor's attention, however God can use a counselor, but you need to get Jesus' attention. And I'm not saying, hey, how have you been dealing with it? Well, I prayed about it. I, I prayed about it, and nothing really happened. Come on, where is the, where's the grit and the tenacity, the desperation that your family is in need of a real move of God and you're not good? You're going to wrestle with that angel until he blesses you, even if it causes you to limp. Come on, for the rest of your life. Where is the grit and the tenacity? We come to church, you know, several times throughout a month. Where's the grit? Where's the tenacity? Oh man, that was a good sermon. Man, I, just, I love the worship, but it's not causing anybody to dig deep and to grab a hold of a God that is able to change your life and your circumstances. Come on, we've got to dig deeper. Now is not the time to say a prayer and move on. Well, I gave it my best shot. There are lives that are in the balance, and you're the one that knows the Lord. You are the one that holds the answer. The people around you, those that are shushing you, they don't even have a relationship with God. And they're telling you to be quiet? Turn it back around and say, you be quiet. I got business to take care of. Jesus, he said. Everybody's telling him to be quiet, but they don't know his story. Number four, the other thing that he had going for him was Jesus was passing by. See, this blind man had a lot of bad days. Bad day after bad day after bad day. And he had done nothing different this day than he had all the other days. But the change agent was Jesus was passing by. He was doing the same thing that he had done all the times before. And I'm just telling you this, that today may seem ordinary. You may you know, be dealing with the same pains that you dealt with yesterday and a year ago. But I'm telling you this, that Jesus is available. But you got to do something. You can't expect everybody else to do something on your behalf and you sit there and do nothing. You've got to do something. You've got to cry out. You've got to position yourself. You've got to do whatever it takes because he is the one that can change you. Jesus is present. Number five is this. Jesus took the time. I think this is amazing. Jesus, in all of Jericho, he has this main encounter with a blind man named Bartimaeus. Of all the people that he could have met with, the city officials, the governors, the senators, the doctors, the lawyers, the police chief, the, the, police chief, the fire chief, come on, all the people, the, the businessman that, 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 that is the influencer in the town, you know, the guy that, you know, is behind the scenes, but he's calling the shots, Come on, out of all the people that he, could have, that he could have met with in this massive city called Jericho, the Bible speaks of his encounter with a blind man by the name of Bartimaeus. I just think that's so incredible. See, Jesus was on mission. This was towards the end of his life, and he was moving into what we know as Passion Week. He was going from Jericho to Jerusalem, and, and he was entering into the last days, but he took the time, come on, to pause and meet the need of the person. 
And I'm just saying this, that Jesus will always take the time for you. Always, always. But will you take the time for Him? Like, will you really pursue Him? I I firmly believe that 99.9% of people's issues and problems is, is that they don't really ever take what it is that they have to Jesus. I fully believe that because even if he chooses not to do the miracle, he, he does something mentally to strengthen you and carry you through so that you can, you know what I mean, so that you can cope and, my goodness, live the best life that you can. I believe it. But yet I really firmly believe that people really do not pursue the Lord in a lot of their situations. And I hate to make that blanket statement. I'm not trying to make it for everybody. I'm just saying for many people, they're not. They're just not going. There, there's no, you know, they want other things. They, it's like prayer. It's like I've tried everything else, so I guess I'll pray. You know what I mean? We try everything that we, we want everybody else to do for us. And he's saying, listen, you you, you are tiring yourself out and you're tiring every single person out that you are leaning on because I am the one that can help you. You know, I, I, you know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of young people committing suicide. You know what else I'm tired of? I'm tired of old people committing suicide. You know what I'm, I, 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 it really just breaks my heart. Like, like I really, I re, my heart is broken. It, it hurts so bad that we are, as the church, are missing something. We are, we are, we are missing, we are missing out. We are missing something. And so when, what, how many more do we have to walk through and go through until the church people just fall on our faces and grab the feet of Jesus and just grab him and tell, come on, he begins to shift things in our community. One suicide is too many. Last one is this, and I'm closing. Jesus gave him a miracle. Jesus gave him the miracle. So not only did this guy praise him because of the miracle, not only did he follow him because of the miracle, not only did that, it started a chain reaction. Other people around started praising him, and other people around started following him. You see, the blind, because his vision was, was, was nil, the blind, the blind stopped, he stopped making his sound to look around. How many of you know this, that there's a sound of a blind man? This is the sound of a blind man. Money for the blind all day long. Money for the blind. Alms for the poor. See, he heard something which caused him to put his cup down and listen even more. See, the blind man, he stopped his sound to listen around. And then he heard that Jesus was coming. And so he cries out. He cries out. You know, this blind man had done this for so long. People would walk by and they would take a coin and they would drop it in his cup. And he had done this so long, he's like, oh, he doesn't even have to feel around. Oh, yeah, that was a nickel. The, the weight of the, of the coin in his cup, he was like, man, thank you for the nickel. God bless you. Another person is walking by, throws it in there. Oh, it's a different sound. That was a quarter. Man, thank you. God bless you for that quarter. Somebody goes by, here's a penny. It's a different sound. 
Oh man, God bless you. Thank you. It's not much, but man, thank you so much. See, this guy had a cup. He had a, he had a voice and he had the ability to hear. He used everything that he had come on to pursue Jesus. But he stopped this. And Jesus says, bring that guy to me. Bring that, hey, that guy that's screaming, Jesus, Jesus, that guy, bring him to me. You know, the people that brought him forward were the same people that were shushing him. Because it says the people that were at the front of the line were the ones that brought him to the front of the line. So the people that were shooting him, they brought him. And he asked him the question, what do you want? I want to see again. See, Jesus understood the cup. Jesus understood that the cup that this blind man was carrying, it represented his provision. See, if he went out and he came back empty, then he didn't have provision for the day. But if he came back, he's like, oh man, it's a little bread, we got some, got some water. Might even be able to get a blimpy sandwich or something. See, Jesus understood the cup because he was on the way and he carried a cup of his own. It's called the cup of suffering. You remember Jesus in the garden? A few days later, he's sitting in the garden. He's like, he's praying to the Father. He's like, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. But he said, nonetheless, I realize that the cup represents the provision of God. Just like the cup represents the provision for the day. If Jesus didn't go to the cross, then we would not have the provision for eternal life. We would not have provision for forgiveness of sins. And so he takes this cup and he fills it, but not with coins. He fills it with the ability to see again, which in turn allowed him to go back to work. He filled it with the joy of the Lord. Come on, he filled it with salvation. And I'm just saying that God is crying out to you today and he's saying, listen, will you allow me God is saying this to you. Will you allow me to do the very same thing for you? Bring your needs, but also, where's your life hanging in the balance? Do you know me? Because I want to save you. I'm going to do some cool things for you, but I want to save you. And I want to spend time in eternity with you in heaven. Please stand to your feet just real quick. Lord, I pray for every single person that is here and watching online. I ask in the name of Jesus, God, that you would open our hearts, that we may receive you if we do not know you. God, if we've walked away from you, I pray that we would repent of our sins and return to you right now. All over this place, Lord, all over online, wherever you are, ask Jesus to forgive you. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know that he went to a cross. He hung himself on a tree. He died for you and me. That if we would but believe in him and repent of our sins, which means to ask God to forgive us of our sins and to turn from them, that he would be faithful to save you. If you believe that today, just say, God, I believe that. Tell him, Jesus, come into my heart. Save me and be the Lord or the boss of my life. In Jesus' name. I want you to know that if you've prayed that prayer, they're going to they're gonna put a number on the screen that you can text you want to text the word save to that number in all lowercase, and it'll give us an opportunity to come alongside of you. But I want you to know that Tina and I, we love you, and we love you guys. We've been praying for you. It's so good to be back in the house of the Lord. Amen. God's fixing to do some cool things. He's, all, he's been doing it, but listen, we live in extraordinary times, and he's an extraordinary God. He wants to do it. Amen. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. Services are Sundays at 845 and 11 a.m., as well as our Wednesday evening service at 630 p.m. 
You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.